Welcome to episode 200 of Milwaukee's Tailgate Brewers podcast, part of the MKE Tailgate Podcast Network. I am James, and I am joined by a lot more people than usual. We told you we'd have a little special surprise for you, and we basically have the entire gang who's been here from the start. Uh, sans Brad, he couldn't join us tonight, but uh, we've got you know Ryan and Paul as usual, and we've got uh, some special, special guests, uh, Jim Breen. Steve Garshinsky joining us. Good to have you guys. Thanks for chiming in. And, and how does it feel to be back for this? I guess, is this a reunion episode? Should we call my, it that? My wife, my wife is just as pissed as always that I'm taking time out. <laughs> <laughs> a, a tradition unlike any other. Like no time has passed. She has problem with us doing this at like 830 on a Tuesday night. Yeah, we're lucky it's uh, summer <laughs> summer break. So it's not like there's a little bit coming up. Ah uh, man, Jim, how are you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. Just trying to live the dream out here on the West Coast, my man. Everybody <laughs> else complaining about how late it is, and uh, it's not even seven o'clock here. It's still light out out there. Yep. <laughs> oh man, so we we decided to do something a little bit uh, special for this episode instead of kind of talking current events with the Brewers. Uh, we're gonna kind of just focus on on the patreon questions that we got kind of have a little bit more fun here just kind of bigger picture stuff and, and talk about our favorite things and moments and stuff like that so uh, as a reminder you can still help support the podcast by becoming a patron that's at patreon.com slash mke tailgate two bucks a month gets you question priority here on the podcast five bucks a month still gets you that minor league extra podcast you also get the reporting as eligible mini pods from Paul as well. Hope you listen to the end. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we were talking about that too. Uh, be sure to listen. To the end. <laughs> you, you keep going. Five minutes, <laughs> I just started bopping along with Paul's song. Like uh, we were talking about it earlier, he was like mixing vocals and yeah, recording track. backup tracks and everything. Yeah, very high quality, except for the singing, which you know. <laughs> You know, there was there was a time that it would have been like a Beatles song, and people were amazed <laughs> by the studio work you were doing. I'm yeah, just, right. Like, that time was like 1340. Yeah, uh, <laughs> slightly before the advent of modern orchestras. You know that kind of thing. So, I will tell you, if you're not a patron, that song alone is worth the five dollars. So go and sign up now and get that. Uh, and especially with the Packer season starting up now too, you'll be you'll get uh, more of those mini pods regularly. I don't know if I can guarantee, Paul, that there's a song attached to every single one, but I know you've been working on an album, so maybe we'll I think we'll I have just... two Packer songs. I have mostly baseball songs. So. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll have to roll that into the super premium level of, of the Patreon eventually. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, link to his, we'll link to SoundCloud on the uh, Patreon. There I think we go, yeah. We can, we can always... Camp page. <laughs> yep, we can finish a pod with Casey Sogards into QAnon sometime. Which... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> little, little fountains of Wayne Riff. 
So yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I mentioned the Patreon questions. One thing that's really nice to hear is how consistent the intro has been. Because I wrote that uh, how many years ago now? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was pre-COVID. It, it could have been seven it, years ago for all I know. Pretty it much, was, it was yeah. it was right in that that first group of episodes we did. And part of the reason why it's all scripted out like that is because I, I was cocky when we started. I'm like, oh, I'll just jot down some notes, and you know, I'll just I'll just riff it when we start, and we'll just get going. And uh, I remember that was a disaster. We were sitting in Ryan's kitchen trying to record the first episode, and I kept on forgetting things to say. And we would start over and over and over. Um, so that was a quick lesson. Like, hey, I'm going to write all this out. That way <laughs> we could just get through it and talk about like baseball the rest of the time. Yeah. Um, so hearing James every week basically go through the same open and close. Yeah. I'm like, man, it, it is. It's it's comfort. It's comforting. I'll just <laughs> say that. I, yeah, I, I can't riff for shit. So, yeah, I, I kept that. And basically, the only thing that's changed is I, I took out the Carbon 4 sponsorship because they stopped paying us. But I'm, I'm drinking the Carbon 4 right now. So there we well, go. Don't, don't Throw mention back. it. <laughs> yeah, well, fine. Okay, free advertising. You're welcome. We can we can, we can uh, edit that out in post-product, right, Ryan? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll add it to the list, I guess. <laughs> We're giving you extra time to edit this episode. So Yeah, you are. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll just say I'm always excited when uh, Carbon 4's Outer Spaced uh, gets released again. That is one of my favorite beers that they come out it with. It is my favorite. Yeah, it's it's hella strong. It, it's delicious. It, <laughs> it's, it's pretty potent. So, yeah, that, it's probably one of my favorites. Yes, that is I, actually their best beer since they're not actually much better than Fantasy Factory or any of the other things they make. So They should make <laughs> that the flagship. <laughs> oh boy there we go all right hot beer takes already starting here all right um the best the best beer is hot beer <laughs> i don't know hot, hot beer takes <laughs> it's bad that's my take yeah. all right well i guess on the topic of beer who else do we start our patreon questions with steve than jay google <laughs> Uh, I figured we had to do that for the 200th episode. You, right? you wanted so, us to say "suck at Steven." He's he's, he's right there. But yeah, we should have yeah. done it anyway. So, but yeah. also in this case, like he was actually the first person who responded to. So, <laughs> pretty of consistently too. So, uh, yeah. So, I, all right. People, hold on. People realize Jay and I went to high school together. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. everybody gets that you you have some relationship with Jay. Yeah, uh, so, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you clarified it because I'm sure people imagined it differently than that but yeah that that's obviously you steve had something jay. Jay. damn yeah exactly <laughs> all right well there's that backstory all right jay's question really simple we'll we'll throw the softball early what's the favorite food and drink at home and away games so let, i like let's to drink beer at both there you go <laughs> some places have better beer than others oh but was there something in particular there I, I guess what's what what so, is your okay. favorite beer? Yeah, yeah. So Paul okay. go. So at, at Miller Park, I actually like to drink Miller products. I don't like to drink super heavy beer at ballparks for the most part, um, and with one exception, which I'll get to in a second. So um, I, I, you can drink a lot of beer. Baseball is a very long game. You want Miller Lite or High Life? High Life is actually my favorite there. Um, favorite Miller Park food of all time is the pork parfait, which is a fabulous item that they yes. really need to bring back. Although at Cactus League nachos also totally fine. And then on the road, um, just uh, they do have Surly at Target, which is excellent um, uh, for the most part. Um, at Wrigley, really old style is the way to go. Same reason you're outside. It's usually hot. 
And their craft offering offerings are okay, but not great. I think they do carry Metropolitan, which is a pretty good choice. My one exception for craft beer is Detroit. Um, behind the right field, um, outfield, there is a craft beer stand that has one, like, one-time only beer um, all the time, and it's always fabulous. So I do recommend that. Um, as for food, I just get ballpark food everywhere, so no special favorites. And I haven't been to the West Coast parks with their sushi and nonsense, so I don't have anything there. So <laughs> the garlic floor ice in San Francisco were great. Yeah, that's my that's my Midwest round round the parks take. Yeah, I like the uh, Barrel Man at Miller Park. I always get that one when I'm there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just one of the big uh, soft pretzels because you need a good base, you know, especially if you're yeah. gonna be sitting there all day drinking. Uh, so that that's my my go to with it. Otherwise, yeah, like Paul said, if you're at a ballpark for a while, you don't want to do anything too heavy. I know a lot of them, because you know, everything used to be Pilsners, so there's some more like Kolsch's and stuff like that that are, I think, development. Yeah. yeah, a little tastier, but they're they're not going to like, you know, knock you out by the, the fifth or sixth inning. So I'll, I'll usually stick with that stuff for the most part, unless, uh, I don't know, it's a special occasion, I guess. So for people in this podcast, everybody here, unless I'm mistaken, has at some point in their life lived in Madison. So has everybody here been to Warner Park for a Mallards game and gone to the duck blind? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I know you have. I know Steve and I have because we both had our bachelor parties at the duck blind. So. I have not. We started there. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best value in Madison. Let me tell you about that. I've yeah. heard legends of it, but I've actually never been to a Mallards game. Yeah. It's like, uh, what, 30, 40 bucks, all you can eat and drink. And it's uh, at least now it's uh, kind of furnished, I guess, by the Great Danes. So the food's pretty good beer's pretty solid so yeah it, it, it's a really good deal there they've done the great dane for a long time haven't they probably yeah it, it's to the point where if i go to a mallards game i don't realize there's a baseball game going on because i'm probably four or five beers deep and, and just focus on eating but uh yeah it, it's a great time there i'll say i haven't i i have been uh it's been years i mean i haven't lived in madison and Fifteen years, so it's been it's been quite a long time since I've been been around. I, but I like been to Black Wolf games. I've definitely I've like gone all the way back. So it's it's always a good time to go to baseball in Madison. But um, actually, even just when I was in Appleton, I went to way more Timber Rattlers games than I ever went to the Mallards games too. So I've been a few times, but not not like anytime recently where I would even remember what it was i probably was 16 17 years old so did you ever go to the muskies when they were still there oh yeah okay so we never real little the muskies were still around because they left in what like 92 or 93 it was like, early 90s yeah, yeah i you remember were a little kid I, yeah i mean i don't i don't remember it but i like there are pictures of of my parents like with me at the mallards games or the the muskies games yeah because then it was briefly it was a st louis thing for a year the mad hatters and then they went to, you were talking about the Black Wolf. They were unaffiliated. Yep. And then yep. it became the Northwoods League Mallard sometime around 2000. There was another, there was another unaffiliated in there before. Was there? Okay. On. Yeah. So anyways, we should probably move on instead of talking about independent league baseball in Madison. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Brian Polakowski, another long-term patron, has three questions for us. Uh, number one. We'll just take these one by one. What was the first Brewers game you remember attending? Jim, let's start with you. What was your first Brewers game? Do you even remember? No, man. I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, like it's not even 
it's not even funny how much I like don't remember. Um, it's much more like I didn't go to a lot of a, a lot of Brewers games growing up. Um, I mean, it was very much. I mean, I think it was kind of just in terms of like you know how much money my parents had and stuff like that. But like, we didn't go to Milwaukee very often at all. I think the first time I ever went to a game was in grade school for a field trip. Um, I think that was like the first time I ever went and. I don't even remember. I don't know if I had ever actually been to County. It might've been Miller park the first time that I had gone in high school. Um, but yeah, it was much more like once I would, once I, I had a car as a t- at like 16, 17 years old, once I had a car and like could, could go. Um, and then after I left for college and my parents, you know, were like, turns out y'all were expensive. And my parents were like, yeah, we can go to games now that you guys are gone. If you pay for yourself, that's cool. Um, and so we ended up going to way more games after I got into college um, with my family and everything like that. So it was much more of a kind of late teens thing with my parents. It was a lot more of like listening to it on the radio, playing catch with my dad in the back uh, and everything like that. It was like brewers were associated with Bob Euchre for me for a long, long time rather than actually like go into ball games. Steve, how about you? Um, I'm trying to, it's hard to say like, oh, what, specifically which which game was it that I remember? I, we always went and saw the A's when they were in town with the Bash Brothers. Um, and I know like we would go and I swear to God, we would never get like a McGuire Canseco home run. It would always be Terry Steinbach. We'd do all of that. We'd get ready for the Bash Brothers. And then it was Terry Steinbach was the guy that would go beat him. Um so I, I remember going to see those games. I saw Griffey in his rookie season when they were at Miller Park. Um, and then my dad always reminds me that we were at... There There were two things he always reminds us of. We were at game one of Paul Molitor's hit streak. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the big one. Yeah. That, that's one. That one, it's only 38 games. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> And and that's the kind of thing where it's like, oh yeah, you have to remember a month and a half back that you were at that game to start it uh, in the first place. We were at that, and then we were at uh, Greg Vaughn's first career home run game. Oh, so that's I saw cool. Greg Vaughn. That Brewer, cool. Brewer legend Greg Vaughn. I was there for his first major league home run. There you go, uh, Paul. Your first Brewers game you remember? So my parents took me a lot when I was a little kid, and so I I did go to games during the '82 season. Uh, I I was five, so I don't remember him that well, but I do definitely remember seeing Raleigh Fingers pitch um, just because the mustache was cool and uh, definitely saw him get a save at one point. So there was that. But I don't really remember, um, it, you know, a specific game. I just remember kind of specific incidents of games like saw Juan Castillo commit three errors in one inning once. I remember that. Um, so I, I remember um, when they had the sledgehammer and then Mike Felder would also warm up with the sledgehammer, which was very funny. Um, but I went to a ton of games in the eighties when they were kind of good and bad. Um, and you know, they're all kind of a mishmash of, of actual memories. So, um, I, I also went to one game where Rob Deere hit a grand slam and another home run that we had to leave midway through because the light towers were blowing like a disturbing amount, um, <laughs> due to a giant windstorm. So that was, that was a good one, but, uh, I, I've been to a ton of games and I went really early. So my memories are kind of half formed on that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure we talked about this last spring when we were in the shutdown. We were just scraping for content. But I went back and I looked it up, 
And I know the summer of 1990, my aunt brought me and my cousin down to games here. And it was against the Yankees. And I'm fairly certain it would have been the series uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, June 18th through 20th in 1990. I think I went to games before that, but I have no actual memory of it. I just remember it being cold and freezing when that was going on so this is what happens when ryan has the questions ahead of time and you can go back on baseball reference yeah. <laughs> to check and see what games those were i, I did make it available to everybody else everybody everybody else is like oh yeah you know i don't know in the i 80s. remember it like it was yesterday jamie navarro pitched six innings and yeah i don't <laughs> so it was one of those it was one of those games <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't remember my exact first one either. It might have been like my my grandpa took me and a couple of cousins down and I think it may have been like a White Sox game at County Stadium. I feel like there was a beanball incident and some sort of fighting. So, you know, it was that rivalry, which is kind of fun. Um, but the other one I remember is then like it would have been in the early 2000s, right after Jeremy Burnett's left. He was with the Mets at the time. It was the first, I think, Mets trip with Jeremy Burnett's back at Miller Park. So uh, Brewers were terrible, but it was it was fun to be there. So those are the first ones I remember. All right. Um, Brian, second question. Who is your favorite Brewer of all time besides Billy Joe Rubido? <laughs> I mean, too bad we don't have uh chef here for this really quick yeah. i do have to well i mean i'm here I, we have to correct the pronunciation of billy joe robido real quick ah <laughs> damn it you're pro, you're correcting my pronunciation i'm being yeah. corrected on pronunciation by paul yep who doesn't know anything but saw billy joe robido play enough to hear ah. the stadium announcer say it many many times all right well billy fine. joe robido <laughs> all right paul well then who's your favorite uh player outside of billy joe it's ricky weeks um, who I always loved watching and Andy Schaaf. Lo- there you yep. go. Love, uh, <laughs> love kind of spark plug second baseman that can mash. One of my favorite kinds of players, and he's one of the best ones. So, uh, love Ricky Weeks a ton. Should we go to six Bill Garshinsky next, or no? <laughs> the the irony of that is like he was basically gone before I could. <laughs> um, so God, I don't know. I mean. BJ Serhoff was, I think, the first player that like I picked out on my own as who I was following. I was kind of that age where I knew like I, I wasn't following the draft, obviously, but you know, my dad was like, Oh my god, this is the he was the top draft pick, so this is a big deal. And then, you know, he came up pretty quick. So I was about I think I was seven when he, he uh had his rookie season with the Brewers. Um so Serhoff was the first guy that I would like picked on my own as my my favorite player. So I always, there's always a fondness uh, for him. Otherwise it was, you know, back in the day, it was like Molitor and guys like that. Jim, who you got? Uh, Ben Sheets. Ben Ben Sheets was appointment viewing, man. I mean, there, when I got old enough to really, you know, get into the brewers and everything like that, it was basically early two thousands and there wasn't much, man. (laughs) And it was like, (laughs) but when, but when Ben Sheets was pitching, it was it was time to make sure that you cleared your schedule and made sure that you were watching. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always loved always loved him. Um, and I mean, to tell you the truth, like 
I, Willie Davis was one of my favorite prospects when he's coming up with the with the Rays, and so like the fact that he got traded to Milwaukee was was phenomenal and it, and like the best part was i got to actually talk about it on tino because i had him on like every one of my dynasty rosters <laughs> so it was like it was uh, like allowed to talk about it um and so i'm not only thrilled that he's with milwaukee but i'm uh, actually thrilled that he's he's doing well but i think just because of formative years and all of that uh bench eats is is probably number one for sure you know i would take weeks and sheets both in a heartbeat but thinking back more to younger days and being – there was definitely an attachment to Paul Molitor from when I was young that, like, he was – even even when both he and Yount were on the team, Molitor just seemed that much more exciting, the leadoff hitter and all that. So I, I think I'll go with Molitor. Nice. Um, I, I think I tend to trend more with uh... – Jim, it's like the early 2000s for me too, right? Where I was first starting to really pay attention. Uh, so I love Ben Sheets. Uh, a boss of mine gave me a Ben Sheets like rookie card, which is which is awesome to have. Um, but also, it, it was like they were terrible, right? So it was like when I first started to get into the prospects and stuff. So of course, like Ricky had a fond fondness for me. Um, you know, like. Even like JJ Hardy and Corey Hart, when those were the guys that were coming up too, you know, I had that ta- the attachment. But um, well, and like I do think one of the biggest things too for, I mean, for somebody who got into the Brewers pretty heavily in the early two thousands, I mean, when I got into baseball, it was like it was the Mariners, like it was just straight up. It was it was Griffey and and in some ways too Atlanta, just because of like TV rights and everything like that too, and mm-hmm. who you could watch. Um, but like. It really wasn't. I mean, it was that was like that was that was the whole ball game. Is it was That's trying true. to pay attention to the Mariners, and it was like watching Griffey and trying to emulate his swing and realizing that you kind of sucked, oh, yeah. so you couldn't actually do it. <laughs> and like all of those, so I definitely tried the Griffey swing in the backyard, right? Yeah, um, and it was like point. my my buddy and I, who you know, we would just play like we would play PS2 and all of that for for baseball. It was like fighting over who got to have. Uh, who got to have Griffey. And then when you like made your own players and stuff like that, it was like, of course you were going to have uh, Griffey's like stance and all of that and just stand up there. Um, so like for the longest time, I mean, my favorite player of all time is, is Griffey, like hands down. I'd be with you on that too. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think I remember being a Griffey fan before I was even a Brewers fan, right? Yeah. Just because 100%. I grew up, yeah, I grew up in the lacrosse area and we didn't have cable. So I didn't even really get to watch the Brewers much in my formative years. Yeah. So it was like that Fox game of the week, right? So yeah. it was that or it was like friggin' Sammy Sosa because we got the Cubs game every day. Or, or so, you went to that soccer bar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That soccer you, bar. You like, young yeah. people with your PS2s. We had RBI baseball and only had two Brewers <laughs> in it on the All-Star team. And it was Paul Molitor and it was Rock. They're the only two Brewers representatives in the game. Man, I, I wore out uh, MVP 2005. Just oh, wore it out. I still uh, dig that playlist. I think I found a Spotify playlist. It was the MVP baseball 2005 playlist. It's like that's, very formative for me for a lot of yeah, reasons. So, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. You youngins and your Mariners of the 90s. That's uh, for us <laughs> olders. It was the A's of the 80s. The Bash yeah, Brother A's. Yeah. That was the the cool team. No wonder you're so fond of Tony Larusa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Brian Polakowski's last question. Jeez. God, Do what are you? we not? 
what are we an hour in on this and we're on oh, the guy you ask questions <laughs> yeah. uh do you have or have you ever owned a pair of crocs ryan top <laughs> why do you come to me on this first i don't know i feel like you're the most <laughs> likely crop wearer croc wearer of of all of us here if he's so. if he says no if he says no he's full of shit I currently own four. <laughs> yes. I currently own four different pairs of Crocs. One of the Croc classics, you know, the, the what everybody thinks of. But actually, I <laughs> I did own a pair that I got for uh, our wedding. Uh, I did own a pair of Brewer's uh, thong sandal Crocs. So the, the flip-flop Crocs, I had a pair of those that I w- actually wore out. I wore them so much and then replaced them with another pair that is now starting to wear out. So I, those have been my go-to in the summer for the last, like, 15 years. Oh, we know you wear them in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> they get you extra grip on top of that dugout, right? Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh my god. All right. Anybody else here wear Crocs so, or care own, to admit I don't to own it? Crocs that I wear, but I in that I own all of my children's belongings, I do own Crocs. <laughs> oh, so so yes. <laughs> no, it, it strikes me it strikes me as like right, I mean like Crocs are the the like clog things with the ridges on the bottom, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they'll seem like uncomfortable as hell. They're I don't know if they're comfortable or not. Uh, what I do know is that they don't pick up smell, which is the best reason to have them for your children. <laughs> Noted. Good. Yeah. Really. On, on board with that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, James, do you have a pair of Crocs? I do not. No, no. I'm I'm just uh, straight flip flops, man. Sorry, I don't. Brett Favre, if he's got Crocs. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Famous Wisconsin. There's uh, photographic evidence of him wearing crops, crocs or not. There is. Um, There's yeah. other photographic evidence of him as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want right. to see. <laughs> uh, Philip Schumacher, what is the best Brewers game you have ever attended? So maybe this is different than the first because I feel like the best one, maybe the memory sticks a little bit more. Paul, do you have a favorite game you've so, gone to? We're going to not count playoff games because obviously it's playoff wins. And I was at the Dave Bush win and I've been to a few other wins. The so best game I've ever been to actually was at Target Field against the Twins um, when the Brewers came back. I think they were down three against Matt Caps in the ninth and uh, won it on, I think, a Niger walk off, which was phenomenal at the time. So, and, uh, you know, you're in opposing territory. There are like Twins fans walking out of the park because the lead was big, which is always fun. I might have been at that game. I mean, (laughs) that would have been what? 2011, 2012? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I might have been at that game. I mean, it was a phenomenal game with just huge fan reaction at the end. It was super fun to be at. So, Uh, yeah. Comebacks rule. (laughs) Uh, Jim, what's yours? I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't know necessarily like the best game. I, I do remember now that. Paul was mentioning it. I'm pretty sure I was at that game because my <laughs> wife was wearing a, a twins Jersey and I was wearing a Brewers Jersey and like everybody commented on it. Um, but, and then I remember the, the comeback, which um, was, was funny to be surrounded by twins fans. Um, but 
I, I mean, the game that I always remember is a game that I went to with my college roommate. Um, and it was like Dave Bush had a no hitter going through, I think, seven. Mm. Um, it was against the Reds. It was like dollar dog night. Um, and just it was just uh, it was a ton of fun. I mean, there's nothing special about the game itself other than remembering that, like, I might actually see a no hitter. And then we were and then my roommate was like, is Dave Bush. And I was that's like, your first, that's your first Dave <laughs> Bush go around, huh? Yeah, I was like, what, which um, one of the half dozen Dave Bush no hit bids in the seventh inning were they? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that was the same game. If I remember correctly, I didn't look it up because I wasn't prepared. Um, I think actually Bronson Arroyo might have started that game and the <laughs> Brewers might have actually might have hit three or four homers in the first inning, like just to absolutely like tank it early. Um, but yeah, but like the I will say I'm I don't know if this sorry, I didn't look at the rundown. I don't know if there's a worst game question. <laughs> um the, the worst game I've ever been to was when Zach Miner of the Tigers threw a nine hit incomplete game shutout. <laughs> and it was awful because the Tigers were terrible at the time. And if you remember Zach Miner, um, you know, congratulations. He, he didn't do much. That was good. But he absolutely shut down the Brewers in that game. Yeah, worst I easily stands out for me. I was at the Ben Hendrickson game, the one where he gave up six runs. Oh, no. Before, uh. And we took my in-laws. It was the first time we took them. And it was it was May, but it was a schwitz in there because they had the roof closed and it was really hot and disgusting. <laughs> and it was like a four and a half hour game because I think it ended up being like 16 to six or 16 to 10, something crazy like that. And so we stuck it out the whole way and just sweated our asses off the whole time. And yeah, that was that was a miserable experience. I don't know why we stayed the whole time. Worst game I didn't go to was a Jeff Supon start at Wrigley, where um, I was trying to buy scalp tickets in the second inning and saw on the scalpers TV behind him that they were down six and six already. And so decided to go to the bar instead. So. <laughs> and and uh, on my uh, twins game, they came back from four down in the ninth. So that was a that was a good one. I found it. It was July 2nd, 2011. Nice. Uh, Steve, what's yours? One of these I've talked about before, Ryan and I always laugh at. I was at a uh, Sheets PV matchup in like 2000, it was 2007 or 2008, uh, and both guys were dealing, and that game was sub two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. And I was sitting, we were sitting like directly behind home plate, and it was like within the first 10 rows. So it was great seats for an awesome uh, matchup. Um, Ryan and I were both at the 2008 game 162. Mm-hmm. So the Brian Anderson call that's burned in everybody's you know brains. We did <laughs> in real time. Uh, it was just the roar of the crowd. And then uh, I was there for celebrating Mother's Day. With took my mother to the game on uh, Bill Hall Pink Bat Home Run Day. Oh, nice. nice. So nice. I was there for that one as well. Those are pretty great ones. God, I remember where I was for that one, but for bad reasons, my, uh, I guess, step-grandfather broke his hip in a fall at a <laughs> restaurant that we took him out to, uh, for, I don't know why it was, we took him out for Mother's Day, but we did. What the fuck does this have to do with anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just remember being in the emergency room for that game. Watch, I literally watched it on the emergency room TV because we were sitting there waiting. So, so I will say, I, I actually like went back and, and found the game. So it was... Uh, so it was Milwaukee against Cincy. It was not Bronson Arroyo. It was Brandon Clawson, who they Ooh. absolutely torched. 
Um, and it wasn't the first inning. It was the fourth inning. It was the fourth inning where Bill Hall went started the inning with a solo shot. Damian Miller then hit a two-run shot two batters later. <laughs> and then uh, Brady Clark went deep. And then J.J. Hardy went deep uh, immediately after. And then Prince Fielder finished everybody batting around by going by going deep. So it was five homers in the fourth inning. And Dave, Dave Bush ended up going nine innings, gave up four hits, struck out nine in a complete game <laughs> shutout. Wow. By the way, real quick, are, are, are you guys are you guys watching the game right now? I was just going to mention this, too. Yeah. OK, because you should turn it on if you don't. <laughs> just, just so you know. Yes. You should have it on in the background. The game should be it. on for you right now. Yes. All right. Yeah. Speaking of Dave Bush, I yeah. We're so. not superstitious. Screw it. Adrian Hauser has a no hitter going in the seventh and we just oh. got taken out. So I thought we were celebrating Willie Damison home run. We're not. Oh, they finally did the thing that I wanted to do where, where they took out the starter with no hits so the bullpen can clinch an easy yep. cheap no hitter. Okay, cool. Idea. He did have five he he does have five walks though, so that's stellar. Yep. <laughs> it's a Juan Davis no hitter. We got going. Yeah. That's not Edwin picky. Jackson no hitter. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Philip's second question here might be uh, topical because a couple of you mentioned the 2011 team, but he says, which team do you consider the best in Brewers history? 81, 82, 2011, 2018, other. What do you have, Ryan? 2021, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going full in on the, on the jinx. Just go for it. <laughs> When it's so, it, that's kind of funny. But I actually was looking into this today, just run differential wise. And by run differential, it's the eighty-two team, and it's not that close. They have like a twenty-run lead. But when this is all said and done, um, though this will be a top three team, I think, by run differential. And the other great Brewer teams are all really flawed. Even the eighty-two team did not have very good pitching. It was really just a an offensive heavy team. It's a weird World Series. It's like the best offensive, worst pitching team against the polar opposite of it in the Cardinals. Um, and all the other Brewer teams that have been good have generally had kind of bad pitching, too. This is kind of a rarity to have this much balance. So uh, I'm not going to say this one because they haven't done squat yet and there's still a lot of baseball left. But I'll go 82. But this, I think this will be easily a top three team when we're all said and done. I mean, I was going to pick 2011. I just think with the Gallardo Greinke pitching uh, combined with the offense at that time, um, that would be that would be my pick. Even though that was was that the worst Greinke after he broke out, was that the worst Greinke's been uh, in his career in that time? Because you look at him in in eleven and twelve, he was not that good for the Brewers. He's been he was better before he came here, and he's been better since he left. Well, but the story time... was he was working on stuff at that time. He was he was trying to become the pitcher that he became later on with the well, Dodgers. But, but he, he was only also doing the FIP experiment, which wasn't good. Yeah, he, he only pitched <laughs> right. for like a, a full season with the Brewers, really, when all was said and done. So experimenting in that short amount of time isn't great. Um, and I loved every moment of the Granky experience. And yes, he had his run of wins, but you know, you look at what he was doing individually. It was fine. It wasn't fantastic. Oh, I mean, but you're discounting when was it against the Astros that he got like ejected in the like first batter because he spiked yes. the ball in front of them. 
And then he started the next give, day too. That I know. Amazing. That's... Absolutely. You got to give him props for that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love Zach Greinke. I'm just saying it's, it is when you're talking about the quality of pitching, like sure. I think the names oh, on that are always ooh. better than like what the actual. Uh, Daniel I prefer to I prefer yeah. to think you were booing Steve than anyone else. Yeah. I was also yeah. booing Daniel Norris and Yeah, for for a moment I thought I was getting booed. <laughs> <laughs> also tough for Daniel Norris to be brought in to preserve a no hitter um after joining the team. I mean, if you want to scope him really quickly, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> Though to be fair, it's I think lefty, if there's one person that like if there's one person that like probably doesn't care what anyone thinks of him in terms of like the fan base, I mean, Granky's <laughs> probably number one. Uh, but Norris <laughs> is probably pretty close. All right. Mm-hmm. Norris literally lived in a van down by the river, so I'm I'm sure uh, he it's Wisconsin culture, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's like uh, he could be uh, in Bonavera or something with that hair. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably go 2011 too for my, at least that's just the most fun I've ever had. I think watching a Brewers team, right. Uh, just cause they were just so good offensively. Uh, Steve hates Grinky, but he was fine. Once he got past that, day. the that first couple of months, he was rough, but after that he was, <laughs> he was excellent. Um, even Sean Markham, man, that first half of the year was, was incredible. And then mm-hmm. his arm fell apart. Sure did. Uh, but it, it was just the most fun I've ever had. I think watching them and it, it, it was just like that moment of everything clicking after so long. Right. So I think that'd now, be my pick. But. Now the most enjoyable team, the, the 92 team is the team I loved watching the most. I was 12 years old, especially when they were making a push to try to get into the playoffs at the end of the year, we were like any chance we got, like my dad was throwing us in the car and we were trying to come down here um, to see games. Um, so that 92 team is the one that I enjoy the most. Well, and you were like 12 at the time. So that's like perfect. It's like yeah, right in that right. perfect sweet spot. Yeah. And I mean, Ryan always stands for the 92 team too, I feel like, right? Mm-hmm. Is that your pick, Ryan? Or, well, yeah, because they were the best pitching team in franchise history, at least until this year. And actually, they may still end up being because they were clearly the best uh, pitching team in the league that year and also they had that weird stolen base thing they they like broke the sure league did. for a year with stolen bases and then everybody in the league had to adjust to them so they were a weird team on a lot of levels oh and there goes the shutout yep <laughs> all right our next question comes from ted johnson he's asking who is the most underrated player in brewers franchise history i like this one uh paul who's your pick Jose Valentin. Uh, nobody thinks about Jose Valentin. Nobody pays any attention to Jose Valentin. He was very good for the team for a long time. He was like a 12-war brewer and a like 34-war overall player. Um, good offensive player, good defensive shortstop, um, and fun to watch. Just played for some bad teams. So um, I think he's the most underrated of all time. A very, very good player who was also good for the team. Along that same line, I always thought like Jose Hernandez got a bad rep for the strikeout thing, right? But like, dude, you're 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 stepping on my on on that team. Yeah, yeah. Was that your pick, Ryan? Well, I was gonna bring him up because he led the 2002 Brewers in WAR, and like people think he was actually bad when he was actually quite good. He was just uh, kind of ahead of his time in terms of uh, people <laughs> understanding uh, the value in a player such as him. So. Mm-hmm. 
but no, I was I wasn't going to pick him. Actually, I was going to uh, I was looking at the uh, the all time Brewers list on Baseball Reference right before we started and looking at like who on here would just like surprise people for being that high up. And do you realize that uh, uh, sixth all time is Don Money in terms of franchise war, <laughs> which nobody I think would ever peg him. I mean, he's right in between Teddy Higuera and uh, Jeff Cirillo. So is that just a longevity thing, though, or was he actually good? I I guess I don't remember. Well, Ooh. to get to <laughs> they're, just kicking, they're just kicking the ball around now. Yeah, it's not good. That's not good with the bases loaded. No, no. Turning into the Pirates to get to twenty eight point four career war. You got to be like you can't just be like you have to be good over a period of time. <laughs> sure. Sure. Money was one of their first like good players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Steve, who's your pick? Um, I'll go with Doug Davis, Ooh. who everybody hated to watch, but was a very good pitcher for the Brewers. <laughs> he was uh, brutal, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he got the job done. Much. Like I said, <laughs> I talked about Sheets and PV and getting that game over in under two hours. So obviously, Doug Davis wasn't my preferred viewing, <laughs> <laughs> but I could appreciate his his contributions to the team. Couple of two hundred strikeout seasons there. He was definitely better than a lot of people remember. Yep. Uh, I just like that his career got fixed by adding a cut fastball. One of my yeah, one of my he, favorite pitcher developments that pitchers can have. Part of the cutter revolution. Uh, Jim, who do you have most underrated? I mean, I don't think he would be underrated uh, amongst people. Certainly on the podcast, maybe maybe who are listening as well. Uh, he's already been mentioned. I mean, it, maybe it's just like. You know, folks in, in my extended family and and whatnot as as well. But like Sean Markham just gets a terrible rap, man. Like he, yeah. Sean Markham was so much better than people remember. Um, and I, it's a little bit preaching to the choir, but you know, I thought about going Jeff Supon just to stir some shit. But <laughs> wait, have we? Wait, have we all gone? We all made our picks, right? I think we went around the horn. Yeah. Okay, so nobody said Ricky Weeks. Oh. I'm just surprised. I, I figured somebody would have. I feel like he's adequately well, rated. We appreciate rated. him now, but at, in his time, he was underappreciated. That's sure. for sure. 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 I mean, maybe that's a little bit of the same, like, not amongst people on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be a Hall of Famer now. I mean, I also thought about saying CC Sabathia because I still think people don't recognize how good he was. That was insane. Like, it was, he was incredible. Like, yeah. better than... I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'd wager to well, I'd wager to bet that he was better than like best case scenario Jacob Degrom in terms of that stretch. Well, yeah, when people talk about like so and so player like carried a team on his back, like Sabathia literally dragged the Brewers into the playoffs in 2008. Yeah. They do yeah. not make the playoffs without Sabathia. That's right. Like, if Reed Johnson doesn't destroy Ivani Gallardo's leg, they never make the playoffs that year. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Freaking Reed Johnson, man. All right. Um, next question comes from uh, one of our original patrons, I believe, Ryan said. Jason Donlinger has been here for, for a long time. This question here, uh, best bar shuttle to take to AmFam Field? He'll go first, City Lights Brewery. He says, good food, beer, close to park, big lit parking lot, and not a super busy shuttle like a lot of the others. So I admittedly have never taken a shuttle to uh, Miller Park or AmFam, but I feel like uh, 
Ryan, maybe you have before. Uh, yes, many, many, many times. And the, <laughs> the correct answer to this is any place that I can walk to, <laughs> which used to be a lot easier when I lived on the east side and I could walk over to the Jack's shuttle and just take that straight down. Uh, and uh, I, I'm not fortunate enough to live within walking distance now. It's a short drive to to get to a place that has it. So uh, but yeah, it, the, the answer is any place you can walk to really uh over the over the years, I think the one we've taken the most, Steve, is not even that far from the stadium itself. But the old Steve's on Blue Mound now it's what Magoo's. Did they change the name of it? Yeah, they yeah. changed the name of it. But we've we've ridden with uh, with Joe many 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 times down to the park. So, yeah, part of that is like I know City Lights that I'd have to drive past the stadium. So that one I I don't generally shuttle from, but I know it exists. All the downtown ones in, in that direction, you know, I can't really vouch for. But, yeah, we always did Steve's on Blue Mound and um, what was the Irish pub or whatever it is now? Oh, on McGinn's. Oh, McGinn. No, 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 no. <laughs> we'll never know. I'm we'll like, yeah. It's on the opposite side of the street from Steve's. Yeah, that's McGinn's. Is it? Yeah, it's McGinn's. No, that one's changed names a few times. Is Steve's too. the one that has the billiard balls on it? On the sign. Yes. This yes. is so boring. It's <laughs> I mean, not for people who listen to this. They're like, I know that place. No, no, no. McGinn's is the one right next to Steve's. There's an Irish place across uh, the street from it. Yeah, and and uh, just Isn't a little that... bit east. We uh, that's no, the I... one we've gone to the most like recently, but I'm blanking on the name. The answer is Camp Barcosa. So there yeah. are some really pretty bad ones too. What was the? Oh, well, okay, I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. We won't shit on anybody for this. No, no, we won't uh, demean any potential sponsors for the podcast. So <laughs> there you go. I um, mean, it's tough because City Lights is good because you can go get good beer there. The rest of the ones on Blue Mound, like it's a pretty standard uh, tap lineup, is what you're going to find. Um, yeah. You know, Lakefront's kind of like the deep cut that you're going to find at most of those. Yeah. Um, for the most part. Yeah. The best one is Camp Bar. The best one to get home is whichever one is there. That used <laughs> to be easier to do. Oh, yeah? Can't do it well, anymore? Now, I mean, you can kind of jump on whatever ones, but they try to have it more organized where you're getting on. Where it used to be just like a mass of people converged on like a huddle of shuttles, you know, basically. Yep. And it was a disaster trying to get in and out. Then, yeah, you literally jumped on whatever one, and then you just kind of from there figured out how to get back to your car. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, it's a little more organized now. So you know they have the circle that goes around, and specific ones know where to park and all right. do all that. But yeah, I don't know. Sometimes we've gotten frustrated. We've just said screw it and made the walk. Mm-hmm. What's that? What's the frontage road that goes by that park? When you go past the, mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember, but yeah, you're you're going by that park to get down there. We've done that n- a number of times. When in our younger days, we could say, "Screw it, we're just going to walk a couple miles." Well, I mean, we did that uh, before the first game we went to in the 2018 playoffs. We walked down to the park because we were sick of waiting for a shuttle. Nice. All right. Uh, next question comes from PJ Wessels. Kind of related. Uh, he's got another three th- three parter here, but uh, first question is tailgating bar shuttle neither. If it depends, how or why? So I guess Paul, uh, what what's your preferred route here? So I do like the bar shuttle, and uh, I do like tailgating, but 
I like the quick in and quick out. Um, like if it's a weekend, tailgating's fine. It turns the game into a you know five hour experience instead of a three hour experience, though. So I like I like I usually go to kind of a lot of games, and um, I do like just to be able to bop in and bop out pretty quickly. The shuttle's the best way to do that. Uh, so that, that's my preferred, generally speaking, though I support all methods of going to baseball games. By the way, as I often like to say on the podcast, um, according to Google Maps and something I want to try, it is possible to get to Miller Park via navigable waterways from yes. like Michigan. <laughs> so I do want to try that sometime, too, and then I'll add that to the answers, depending on how it goes. <laughs> Ryan, Steve, you, you just had a, a long conversation about shuttles. Is that your preferred method, or do you like tailgating better? Uh, it depends. Yeah, if it's like a, a kind of a family weekend game, then tailgating's fine. Uh, but yeah, when like Ryan and I will meet and go to a game, I think shuttling's usually the easiest way because we're not going to like pack shit and try to like make food in the parking lot and all that kind of garbage. I want to go somewhere where they have it. I will pay them to do it for me. I will drink their beer and then we will go to the game and I'm cool with that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I go to enough games a year. I'm uh, 20 to 30 games a year generally that I'll do tailgating a couple times a year, but that gets old pretty quick. It's a lot to put into it and it's easier just to, especially when you're doing the bar shuttles and you know that they start picking up on the seventh. And if you're going on a weeknight, especially when it's like a school night and you need to get home and you maybe want to leave early because it's not that interesting a game or whatever. The bar shuttles are perfect for that. So, so I should say Ryan, Ryan and I tailgated. I brought my family along, and you know it was Ryan and Amy. And uh, uh, he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I got the grill, I got the charcoal, and everything." And you know, we'll we'll do this up. And it's when it was like what a quarter, uh, yeah, capacity at the the stadium. So you know, it was easy to just get parking, and you have plenty of space. And goddamn, he brought some like freaking petrified charcoal <laughs> that did not light. Like we were trying to light the bag to get the charcoal going, and then he was like borrowing shit from people around us to try to get it going. And, and we did get it going. Everybody had to like huddle around it to try to block the wind, and uh, those are the moments when I'm like, we should have just freaking shuttled in. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, do you have a thought? Tailgating, bar shuttle. Uh, well, I don't drink, so I'm not all that much fun. I'd much ah. rather tailgate. I'd I'd much rather tailgate any day of the week. Um, yeah. I'd but much. Ra- Jim's, Jim's the one if you want somebody to drive you into the park. Ah, oh yeah, there you go. Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like uh, when I come home, my pa- my like my family's super excited that they got a designated driver. They don't got to worry about anything. Um, it's like it's everyone just throws me the keys and go my. Might as well use you. <laughs> yes, and also I would also prefer to drive. Um, and but no, I mean like tailgating. I think part of it was just I didn't go to uh, to many Brewers games, um, and so every time that we went, you know, it was just everyone went. It was tailgate. You know, you brought ball and glove, usually play catch with the family, and just kind of like sit out and grill and everything like that, um, and. I don't really care if it takes me a while to get out of the, the um, get out of the parking lot. I'm not, I don't get too worried about that. So I, I assume that is something that probably would have changed uh, by now. But at the time when I went to a lot of games, I wasn't all that concerned about it. Um, but yeah, tailgating all day, do uh, go with friends, get the grill out, 
have some brats. Yeah, tailgate games used to be whatever you could play catch with. That was it. <laughs> like, yeah, that was it. Not bringing boards and bean bags and no bags, yeah, <laughs> balls or whatever it is, and all that kind of garbage. You just had, yeah, you either had a, a baseball glove, you know, baseball baseball glove, or if you wanted to travel really light, you brought a football along just to toss it around. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, uh, PJ's second question here: What's the best experience as an away fan? So I think. You know, we're we're sufficiently scattered across the country now. I feel like we've got a decent uh, sample size of away fan experiences. Um, Jim, you're on West Coast. Have you gone to a Brewers game out there yet, or has it been? No, man. It's basically been it's basically been COVID since I've been out here. Ah, shoot. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. No, I've only been to a few minor league games out here, Um, and. But I have been, I've actually been to Seattle a few different times in terms of going to Mariners games before. So I've been out here for that. But no, I think my, like Target Field's great. Um, I really enjoy Target Field a lot. I think it's my favorite ballpark period I've been to is Target Field. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. I would say say the, but my favorite kind of ballpark experience in terms of everything is probably Camden in Baltimore. Um, Really enjoyed uh going to I think it was I don't even remember who Baltimore played but um but I had a had a really great time it was much more about like just meeting a bunch of friends there and just uh having a good time and I think you know we probably watched some baseball um but it was it was much more about all that um uh, I would say Wrigley sucks uh and whatever you know whatever guaranteed rate field or whatever the fuck it's called now um <laughs> that by the way great time i highly recommend uh going down there uh, screw wrigley wrigley sucked i hated it i've still never been to that white Sox stadium and it's i don't quite understand why except that i guess the brewers only play there like every six years now so it, it's just <laughs> never worked out that they happen to play there at a time when i could go you could go to a game in which the brewers don't play them i could <laughs> but yeah I could. <laughs> it's a lot more fun that's to go to I, a game that you're yeah, actually seeing. I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. I also didn't live there like you did at the time. So, Fair. Yeah. Uh, but I will also give, as, as probably unpopular as it is, um, St. Louis was a ton of fun. I've also never done that. Also enjoyed wa- like wearing my brewer stuff there. Um, <laughs> that was solid. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Cardinal Stadium is a lot of fun. There you go. Paul, you bounced around the Midwest. Boy, I disagree, uh, with, I disagree with Jim a lot. So let's, <laughs> let's get into it here. Um, guaranteed rate sucks. And the reason it sucks is because they have the levels separated. Because at one, one point, a bunch of people came out of the 400 level and tried to beat up a bunch of people on the field. So if, you can't, if you're sitting in the 400 level, you can't go to the lower concourse. They, they don't allow it. There's no connections between the two of them. So you're stuck. It's segregated and it's dumb. Um, and you have okay sight lines because it is steep. It's old school. kind of like that. Food's better than Wrigley because Wrigley has the worst food in baseball. But uh, it is it is not uh, an enjoyable experience unless you can pay through the nose for the lower bowl. And uh, uh, if you're doing that, then you're contributing to the downfall of society. So that's bad. I will um, say, I would like to be fair, I've been up 400 level. I had a great time. It's fine. But... Had a great time. I don't like that I can't go away from the 400 level when I'm in the 400 level. Um, Wrigley's fine. Social mobility. (laughs) 
Wrigley's fine. I, I at least live two blocks from Wrigley. I've been to about 125 games at Wrigley. Um, I, it's worse now. I just went the other day, and uh, it has gotten worse under the Ricketts ownership. Um, it is uh, Disney's. I, I talked about this before. Disney's not the right world. It's Times Squareish, which is apparently also Disney. But uh, it's <laughs> it's still it's still a fun time. The neighborhood's still cool to see. It's just not as good as it used to be when it was a little grittier. Um, but uh, and I disagree with St. Louis, but that might be because I was sitting in left field staring directly into the sun for three hours um which is not it's it's sunk into the ground a little bit and the sight line puts you at the wrong time of year just getting your face sunburned for a extended period of time so didn't, didn't my, care for uh, that. my buddy got in a verbal altercation with chad qualls which was fun that's fun <laughs> also also a, a big plus for not drinking at bush because budweiser costs like 13 dollars there which is Really something. I mean, more power to him. <laughs> it's Monopoly. Um, uh, Target is the best. That is the that is an excellent yeah. field. Yeah, so I agree yeah. with that. Detroit's kind of Detroit's kind of medium. It it's it's a little old school too, but it's fine. You can have a good time there. My standout Brewers road experience would be 2011, the Saturday night game against the Giants at. Oh damn! I knew the. I knew his answer to that. I don't know why I didn't preempt that and be able to guess. So that was the night before uh, uh, T plush almost started a riot in the stands in the outfield. And so going to that game, I brought with me for that trip. I had just gotten a uh, a custom made plush shirtsy. And so that's what I was wearing when we got on the, the Cal train to go up to the game. So I was wearing that on the train, and we actually uh, accidentally brought the wrong tickets. And so I had to jump off the train at one point when it stopped and rebuy new tickets and then had to just jump quick back onto the train and then walk back to where my wife and sister were sitting. And I had to walk through the entire train wearing a T-plus shirtsy. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on a second. That's twice. That's twice now. Say, say the word that you're calling the shirt jersey again. Shirtsy. Okay. No, it's Shirzy. It's Shirzy. Oh, Shirzy. Oh, yes. yes. We take off the T. Oh, I. Uh, okay. I thought I missed like- the first time, but then you did it again. So, <laughs> so I like how you're talking about like the danger you were in with a a Tony plush Shirzy, dude. Like, like people in San Francisco knew what freaking tony plush was <laughs> they did that train was full oh. everybody on that train was giants fans and they were pissed and they were yelling shit at me i got like multiple fuck yous from people <laughs> like it was in good fun but i still got multiple fuck yous walking through the train i've got ryan before so i know how he he perceives things versus reality so i'm, I'm- <laughs> Man, I've had people I've had people yell that like not even when the Brewers are in town in Chicago. <laughs> well, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. It just but anyway, we then sat in center field and the entire game was a torrent. Everybody around us hurling just abuse after abuse and abuse at uh, at uh, Morgan the entire game. So that was that was wild. And they lost. But it was also just a, a very crazy experience and that stadium is unbelievably gorgeous if you have a chance to go it, it that and pittsburgh are my two favorite i've been to all right uh pj's third uh question here is actually he says not a question just a congrats on 200 and thanks for making this podcast so there you go thank you pj 
very nice of you to say. Shout and out, buddy. For, You're yeah, welcome, PJ. Thanks, PJ. Heck yeah. Yeah, and, and thanks to PJ for being a patron and, and long-term patron, too. Um, next question we have from Jesse Gennigan, and this one might be my favorite question that we got. <laughs> Would you rather fight one Bernie Brewer-sized Hank the Dog or seven Hank the Dog-sized Bernie Brewers? <laughs> uh I love this philosophical question. Yeah. Like this sounds like the Ditka question, right? Like, would you the, the hundred mini Ditkas, like from the old Saturday Night Live skit? I, that's what it sounds like to me. Uh, I I have an answer to this because I did think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, a Hank the or a, sorry, a Bernie Brewer sized Hank the dog. That's like Cujo, right? Like I think it would rip you <laughs> limb from limb. I don't think. Yeah, I wouldn't want a human sized dog that also had the oversized head of a mascot. <laughs> no. You could just I'd like tear your mini, throat out. I'd go with the mini things that I can just kick at. I don't know why you're also afraid of a dead dog. <laughs> I was gonna say, how many of the seven Hanks are uh, zombie alive? Dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it could be a zombie dog at that point, and then it's that much scarier. Like, how are you gonna kill that shit? <laughs> Chance is sitting here like, why did I sign up to do this? Hey, how's your how's your PhD going? Did you finish it? <laughs> Man, if you want to get if you want to get dark real fast, we can talk, we can chat about that shit. You want, you want to hear about the you want to hear about the academic job market post COVID? Let's no, go. I don't. <laughs> well, you can you can put this discussion on your resume. Yeah, uh, human sized Hanks or mini Bernie Brewers. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a logic problem they'd give you at a startup to see how you handled handled yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that does. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, Lucas Stoller uh, is asking if the MKE tailgate crew were to do the sausage race, who would be which sausage and who would win? <laughs> That's I, a good I, question. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, Paul, I feel like maybe you can think outside the box on this a little bit. Well, okay. I mean, this is a hard question to answer without forethought because it's really easy to be accidentally racist. So I (laughs) don't really want to go there that much. Um, But, I mean, in a race, I can just tell you I won't win. So I'm whatever the slowest (laughs) one is. So whatever that is. Well, didn't Breen and... Steve, didn't you guys both run competitively in high school? I did middle school, but dude, no. that's all, I, I'm going on 25 years. That was, <laughs> Still. that was a lifetime ago. That that, that experience does not inform what would happen today. Oh, man. No, no, man, I played on the golf team. <laughs> Why did I think you ran competitively? Huh? Okay. I, don't, I mean, I appreciate it. But... <laughs> I mean, I badly played varsity soccer, but I was slow even then. So I'm definitely slower than everybody now. Yeah, no, I, I might be one of the younger ones, but I'm, I'm slow as shit. So I can't, I can't do that. No, I, like I don't know. Maybe... Terrible, terrible race. I, I think actually it would be smirch the sausage race for us to participate in any way, <laughs> and that we would be much better served in one of the crappy knockoff races that other people do. Yeah, well, there if, you go. If I can call one, I'll take Polish. <laughs> well, considering yeah. top, I'll take I'll take the brat. 
Uh, See, man, it's getting I, dangerous I, as the choices dwindle, and I'm not. I'm not playing. This game. <laughs> I was gonna Jim, say, I, Jim's spicy takes puts him in the treat though. No, I was gonna say I can. I can take. I can take the Italian because I can speak a little Italian. Uh, okay. I like. I like heat. I'll do the trezo, and then Paul, you can be the hot dog. How about that? <laughs> That's what's up. Right. I do think though, if we did do it, I think it would end up being like. I think like James and Paul would go. I think. I don't know. I'd probably lose interest. And then, or <laughs> I would, uh, but I think what would absolutely happen is Steve would try to like knock Ryan over, like in the oh, middle man. of it. Yeah. And so yeah. it would just be much more of like, yeah, it reminds me of basically, you know, like the, the sumo wrestler, sumo wrestling <laughs> they do. That's what it would turn into. Yeah. You're right. It would turn yeah. into that. And it would just be like those people running at each other. And uh, that I think would just be like one of those where I would kind of stop mid race and just be like, this is great. And just watch. Yeah. I would say we'd have to be a mini weenie day on uh, Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let the kids take the, take the second half of it. Cause we're yeah, it'll it. just do half the run. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's uh, Alex Lamers has a question. Who is your favorite random brewer? So I think this is different than the underrated question because Alex says someone who is not necessarily good and only a diehard fan or Brewers podcaster would remember, but you still enjoyed them anyway. Yeah, yeah, we've definitely yeah. done this one. Yeah, Breen, yeah. you remember? It? Yeah, and my answer is was then and will be Mark D. Felice. That is my yeah. favorite random brewer of all time because I was convinced, convinced he was going to be a shutdown reliever, and he was fine for Milwaukee when he came up and actually was pitching for them. He was fine. I was going to say he was good until he like already knew that he was going to ruin his arm. Like he actually like he just made that call is they were like the way you're throwing that you're going to ruin your elbow. And he was like, well, you're that or I don't make the majors. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I never I never chased autographs as a kid and I got Don August. That was the only one. So I'll, I'll go with Don August. OK. Charlie O'Brien. Awesome. Fro. <laughs> Breen, who's yours? Uh, Capuano. Ooh. I don't even know if that's a hundred percent random because he was kind of a crowd favorite for a little bit, but um, I mean, didn't he make an all-star game for us? Like, I feel like you made an all-star game. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Vultured, yeah. I think the, Pretty it was sure the year he vultured 18 wins or something like that. Yeah. Was that or, uh, yeah. So try again. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let James go and then <laughs> I'll try Cap- to think Cap- of somebody uh, even more. Uh, well, uh, uh, Chris Capuano counts because Chris Capuano is the foremost expert on used segues in the United States. <laughs> what? Yep. Nobody knows more up. about the used Segway market than Chris Capuano. He is happy to talk about it at any time. He knows um, just a ton about them. He was a huge enthusiast. You could see him riding around Wrigley once in a while on his Segway um, that he owned. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of his passions. So That's what he's say. using his Duke education for or wherever he went? Yeah. So, Breen, I'll reframe this for you. Who is your favorite random brewer minor leaguer? And if you don't say who I'm thinking of, I'm going to be very disappointed. I mean, it's not Slurvin Matos, but no, it's it's, it's his first name was Brock. Well, <laughs> OK, he's not random. He's like, Brock that's, not, that's, yeah. not, that's that's not a random guy. That's like. <laughs> remembering some guys i was gonna say if we if we like got into some like supreme remember some guys i was gonna talk about blake lolly Ooh, and the majors. Good one. yeah he did i know that's why i was like if we're gonna talk about like random dudes as i was like i really enjoyed it when he made it that was fun but no slurvin matos was fun because of the story about like 
him getting uh he either like missed his flight or something and like some airplane employee like drove him all the way to to helena so he could like get called up and then that same night he ended up like going deep for a home run and took a picture with the employee and everything like that uh those are good stories i enjoy i enjoy minor league baseball uh somewhat like even more than i do the the majors so yeah Ooh, i don't know who i pick uh to be mine i i've had many a few random favorites even pre big dan i don't know man i like that trent Durrington was randomly australian i think that's cool <laughs> um totally fair <laughs> Is that different than Dave Nilsson's actively Australian? Or yes. Graham Lloyd's yeah. actively Australian? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. We have a lot of Aussies <laughs> in our history. Look at that. Brewers baseball is like the epicenter for uh, Australians in the in the majors. Yeah. I say, what's, um, what, what, what do they call a dollar down in Australia? I, I'm just I trying to think what their money know. ball would be. It's a dollar to do, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, Paul. That is that is technically what it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, otherwise, uh, Joe Winklesauce, the the garbage man reliever who only pitched in garbage time, was just too perfect. I loved it, and that was like when I first started to really get in the Brewers. So that, that might be my favorite random Brewer. Hey, Steve, remember the uh, troll on the old JS message board who called himself Joe Winklesauce? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yes. <laughs> That would be um, like a QAnon site now if it was still active. <laughs> God, that place. Oh, it would. It absolutely would. And the Brewers have uh, tied the game, and look at that. Yeah. Um, yeah I, don't, gonna, I don't know if you kids gonna... realize that message boards were quite the uh, – If people think oh, like – I love message boards. I grew up on those, man. Well, that's I, the, I grew people... up on Brewer Fan, and the, uh, the Brewers.com board was a trash site. But, yeah. I think – yeah, I think uh, – Everything's bad now because everybody's in the same place. But I think the the takes used to be just as bad, if not worse. They were just yeah. spread out on message boards. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I used to waste so many time or so much time on message boards. It's not even funny. And now I just do it with Twitter. So I guess nothing has changed in twenty years. But there you go. <laughs> so uh, a lot of good questions from our patrons this week, and we actually have uh, a couple patrons that we wanted to shout out uh one very special one apparently uh we're, we're international now ryan is that right we are yeah <laughs> so actually i think we we need to have uh jp do you have the document up in front of you no <laughs> <laughs> why did you ask that well no because he always used to read this why would he he's <laughs> actually saying he didn't look at the damn rundown why would he have true. any materials prepared for this all right it's true it's true but I, I was gonna, I was gonna let him do it for old times' sake. So, I guess not. Okay. So Dan Ventura, uh, who has joined the four euro fifty, what is their fifty pennies? I don't know. I don't know. Fifty <laughs> half euro. Half Man. Euros. Yeah, I don't know what that, what those are. But uh, yeah, he has joined at that level. So, what, I remember when we first started, Steve used to go and look at all the different random places that were listening to the podcast. And we had some really like we were huge in uh, like Ireland, weren't we? <laughs> something like that, yeah. We yeah, had some yeah. national listeners. I remember like my... Brazil being big or something. I was too. gonna say Ireland; those are all just like my extended family. 
<laughs> yeah, if we have one from Suriname, I haven't looked. I don't even know where to look for Anchor. It's probably on there somewhere if I dig on the site. But uh, if we have one from Suriname, that would be my brother because he always listens when he's on the uh, oil rig. It's probably the uh, click farm. That's how we were getting those extra listens. <laughs> we just have bots running around everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, so thanks, Dan Ventura, for unlocking the new four and a half euro level on and, Patreon. That's yeah, great. Which, that's, it was definitely <laughs> a, a new unbiased. And also Ted Johnson. Did Ted Johnson really not uh, become a member before today? Because I, I have him popping in today. No, he was. He okay, was. so he's back. Okay, so Ted Johnson yeah. is back. Thank you for coming back, Ted Johnson, not the Patriots linebacker. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I do not remember this Ted Johnson linebacker for the Patriots. Really? Like the, real, the real Ted Johnson linebacker? Yeah. yeah. You don't remember him. No. How? Yeah, he's he, he's won a lot of Super Bowls. He's a very important player on the Patriots dynasty. Well, there are a lot of people that have won Super Bowls with the Patriots. I feel like he's like a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's not a Hall of Famer, but he was on like all of the Patriot um, Super Bowl teams. He was there. See, for Teddy, Teddy, he Bruce, Teddy Bruce. Remember, yeah, like that's, I, well, I maybe if Ted Johnson would have had a stroke, you'd remember him too. I can only remember one Ted at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming to our TED Talk, everybody. Um, ah, oh, terrible. Jesus so, Christ. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I also wanted to shout out because I, I found this the other day when I was perusing around uh, Patreon, and I wanted to give a special shout out again. All these people have been shouted out once before, but I wanted to do it again because these were the people that signed up on the very first day that we had it available to uh, to sign up. And that was January 29th, 2018, when we launched. So we had already been podcasting at that point. We started in the summer of 2017. We're actually, it's almost exactly, and it would make sense, it's almost exactly four years since we started. Wow. But uh, yeah, so on that first day, we have uh, Jeremy Moen, Eric Cumming, Steve Romanesco, and all these people I've, we've gotten questions from in the not-too-distant past, at least. Somebody who dropped, so I'm not going to say their name. But uh, <laughs> whoa, wow, yeah, so it's they, like the five star review rule, yeah, you don't get read if you, yeah, they dropped. So they, but of the nine who signed up on the first day, eight are still with us, and uh, Rabid Ghoul is another one. I don't remember <laughs> Jim reading that originally, but uh, okay, maybe they changed their uh, their, their screen name on here, but um, Rob Beasley and Jason Spitz were the others, and then. As James mentioned earlier, Jason Dondlinger was one of the very first, and I think has asked as many questions as anybody has in the the time on this podcast. So, so yeah, those are the people who, from the very very beginning, were here. And I was looking at some of the you know the the early people are are very familiar names to people who listen to the podcast too. But yeah, those were the people who signed up on the very very first day, and I thought they merited a special mention. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you to to all the people who've signed up to become patrons. Reminder: if you're not, you can still do so. Right, two dollars a month gets you that question priority. Five bucks a month gets you all the extra podcast content. I'm, I'm judging this close, by the way. Are you judging it? I'm judging it because the number of times I read it. So just so you know. Okay. I'm making sure there's some pressure. Well, now I'm gonna fuck it up. So there you go. <laughs> Also, yeah, we blew past that explicit label like early on, so we just decided to go all in on that. Mm-hmm. So sorry if you're listening with kids in the car or something. I don't know why you would, but there you go. So yeah, I, again, thank you to everybody, uh, and thank you uh, for uh, Jim and uh, Steve. Even though you're critiquing me actively right now, thank you for joining us. Um, this is a lot of fun. Uh, 
definitely cool to kind of get together with you guys again and and just kind of shoot the shit for a while. So uh, thank you guys again for for just hopping on and spending a part of your night with us. Yeah, it's always great. Yeah, I, I appreciate Jim, it. Jim disagrees. Jim just like, <laughs> he's like, I've been fine. swinging for two hours, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, if I was wor- if I was worried about having a good time, I would have prepared. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. And and oh, thus continuing the tradition, two hundred episodes deep now, somebody on the show just actively not preparing at all. So then- no, it's fine. Normally, like if we're actually talking about what my preparation was, is it was like trying to figure out at least one place in the podcast that I was going to disagree with Ryan about something and that another place that I was going to try to like get Steve to get mad at Ryan about something. And then, you know, that was just really what the podcast was about you're, you're, for a long you're time. You're giving yourself a little too much credit there that you had to like actively find something. No, I was, that's why I usually didn't have to prepare. Ryan, Yeah. Ryan, Ryan. Yeah. And he does it. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll listen occasionally and he'll start, you know, like getting on his high horse about something. And I'm like, Oh my God, if we were in the same room right now, I would have to like hold myself back from punching him because it's just intolerable. Well, and it was like always one of the times too, where I was just like, maybe today I'll disagree with Steve. And then Steve will be like, I don't really care. And he'd be like, well, okay. <laughs> and then you just like move on. <laughs> The lesson here is conflict creates cash, everybody. So yeah, thank you for that. I'll I'll, I'll keep that in mind going forward for the next 200 episodes. So. I say it's normally, I mean, really what it is, is it's just like, it's I know, and it's out of goodness of his heart that Ryan just can't let things go. He just can't, <laughs> just nope. can't, just, just nope. can't let it go. Let it go. And so all you'd have to do is just like, say it, just say something. And it's, and it's there and it's going to continue where Steve can just be like, I ignored you. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan will find one caveat and just like hang on that. Like that's why he can't let it go. Like you're right, but and then there's one little thing. You know, there's there's still a a point two percent chance that I don't know Angel Salome will you know be able to hit when he's five seven. Something like that. Man, I loved Angel Salome. Yeah, but he'll he'll die on that hill. Yeah, no. just going like, yeah, it's not going to happen. 2008 Huntsville Stars, greatest minor league team ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, was good. that was a good ball club. <laughs> was Brantley on that team? Yeah, everybody was on that team, man. Yeah. I yeah. think Kane was too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kane would have been, yep. <laughs> All right, uh, this is a lot of fun. If you haven't subscribed already, please do subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know the entire list. Uh, I don't no, want to bore read Steve it. as he sits read, here. Read it. Read it. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. No. Uh, while you're there, though, I still leave us a review. Every one of those links, you got to read it. <laughs> <laughs> By the All way, right. there are no new five star reviews this week, so nobody gets their comment read. Very small. Also, I want to say I, I do not use burner accounts to like make comments. <laughs> I'm sure you I, know that, I know that have been mentioned in the past. It had. I don't I don't hide my comments from Ryan. He knows. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I wish Steve used burner accounts sometimes. <laughs> All right. Uh I think we'll wrap it up here before we uh start getting at each other's throats a little bit more. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, uh 
for the 200 episodes, right? It, the fact that we keep doing this, uh, it's because people, you know, actually like listening to us ramble for an hour and a half every week, right? So uh, thanks again, everybody. It's been a great run here. Here's to another 200 episodes, and we'll see you next time here on Milwaukee's Tailgate. Cheers, everyone. All right. For those of you that stuck around through the main show and the uh, the playing of the the theme song there at the end, you get a little extra here on the end of the the podcast. I guess we'll call this the broad pod extra. Suckers, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. So we were able to uh, get special permission for you to appear as long as we didn't discuss any state secrets or anything. So uh, yeah, this is uh, this is Brad Ford who. Uh, R.I.P. Broad, you uh, you went behind the wall and and had to. Uh, though we did we did see you once uh, pop into our our uh, our discussion one night, like just randomly because we accidentally sent you the the link. So when we were recording, all of a sudden there's Brad like over in the corner saying hi to us. Yeah, as my neighbors have noticed, if you leave a door open, I'm gonna come in and say hi. <laughs> you just slide right into that open door. Is that what you're saying? Like, yeah. That's- that's not creepy at all. Actually, I never talk to my neighbors. <laughs> I'm that neighbor who like doesn't make eye contact and just walk straight. <laughs> yeah, there's that is there's something to be said for that. Like to not be weird and creepy with the neighbors. There's something to be said for that. So yeah. anyway, yeah, we got we got special permission. Now, I did want to give you an opportunity here at the very beginning. Did you want to break any big news? Like, uh, I don't know, the schedule came out today. So yeah, uh, schedule came out, um, and then I everyone thought that I announced that Garrett Mitchell came up on an off day. Like, we were announcing that on an off day, Garrett Mitchell was coming up for some reason, but really, Garrett Mitchell is doing an Instagram takeover on Thursday. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Well, I missed that. Was this all on Insta? Is that why I didn't see it? No, so it was I, on I Twitter. Um, oh, several accounts it. were like, oh, you disappointed me. I thought this was for sure him coming. It's like when I said, uh, put out a tweet and tagged MLB the show. And it was a conversation between Ryan Braun and Christian Yelich. And they're like, Ryan Braun's telling Yelich he's coming back. I'm like, I tagged MLB the show. Why would they be involved in this conversation? <laughs> so people look at as few details as possible and make very large assumptions. Yeah, well, we got to do something like, yeah. you know, got to keep ourselves entertained somehow. Great fun. I'm sure I would have been on the other side of this <laughs> six months ago, eight months ago. So I guess I can't judge too harshly. So, so yeah. So did you want to break any news? Like any, any deep, dark secrets that you want to get out there? Like uh, from inside the, the confines? No. Uh, I, I mean, I don't have any deep, dark secrets. Let me tell you that. <laughs> You're just saying that because you want to keep your job. Yeah. No, I really want to keep my job. Uh, I really <laughs> like it. It seems like a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the guys are truly nice. They're truly all kind and awesome. And none of them is a jerk. 
Um, there's a few who like to keep to themselves more, but that's humanity more than anything else. More than that would be me. So, but overall, I mean, they're all really cool, really nice. Uh, some of the nicest people on earth, like of the clubhouse, who like constantly reach out to me, even though I'm just some creep holding an iPhone up to them and trying to record them walking in every day. Like Hater <laughs> is always, always incredibly polite to everybody. Um, that man is very nice. Colton Wong. Um, so that's a look behind the door and their personalities. I mean, just a bunch of cool guys. And uh, it's it's absurd. Like I leave the stadium so many times and once I can like actually get it through my head, I was like, remember when I was just writing about this on Brew Crew Ball and talking about it on MKE? Like <laughs> now I'm here. It's insane living the dream yep all right so we have some questions and i'm not going to go through all of these some of them well none of them really are stuff you couldn't answer but i'm going to pick the the ones that i think are going to elicit the best responses from you and we may have done some of these actually before you know when we were scraping for content last spring because the world kind of ended for a while there oh yeah i remember uh, I, I've yelled several times and yeah, then that's it rings a bell. <laughs> yeah. So we got some of these uh, that I think you know, we did talk about at the time, but that's fine. We can, we can go and cover some, some old ground here. So what was the first Brewers game you remember attending? Remember attending period? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I have like bits and pieces of games that I attended from childhood at County Stadium. Uh, I mean, I was a kid, so I was looking for like where Bernie was and like paying attention to when the balloons came out of the mug. But I couldn't tell like the actual first game I remember attending was that incredibly long afternoon extra inning game against the Chicago Cubs. And it was with my school. We were attending as part of like a field trip. And the game went on so long that we had to leave during it because the buses wouldn't stay any longer. So we had to leave before curfew or, like before time ran out and we, so we could actually get back to school. Yeah, you don't be paying overtime for those bus drivers. That would run into some serious cash. Especially when you're using public school funds. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need to get out of there. So, yeah, it was definitely an, a very, very interesting game to attend. It was uh, at the then Miller Park. Um, and that's, I mean, I definitely have attended many games through there, but that's like the first time where I vividly remember. And that's like middle school, who the opponent was, what was happening, understood what was going on and could actually like, was actually putting an effort into paying some tension or attention to the game. All right. Best Brewer game you ever attended that comes readily to mind. Oh, this is very difficult because I attended two of the most legendary Brewers games, which is September 28th, 2008 and NLDS game five. Yep. Both were just incredible. I think NLDS game five takes the cake just because the building was shaking like crazy. Like people are hugging, fist bumping. I ran a fist bump. Bill Schroeder, who was in the clubhouse behind us. We were sitting in the club section. Um, it, It was just phenomenal. Uh, September 28th, 2008 was still great, but I think because you didn't know, you had to sit and watch the the game afterwards to know whether or not we actually clinched. There was that delay in anticipation that kind of slowed down the excitement. Because it was win and you might get in as long as the Mets lose. So there was that delay in celebrating where NLDS Game 5 was instantaneous for yeah, going on. But at least we did get to watch it on the old mini jumbo 
that they had yep. there. So like yep. it was on. We did get to see it. So that was cool. Yep. And then the streamers come down, the guys come back out of the dugout. They have video on the board of the champagne. But it was just that like twenty to thirty minute period where you're watching that game end where you're coming off the high of the win. You're like, what if that wins for nothing? And you have that like just period of anxiety. Whereas NLDS game five, there's that period of anxiety and extra innings, but it ends in such a tremendous moment. And then for Tony Plush to be, or Niger Morgan to be the hero of the game for such a weird season for his career, probably the best season of his career where he really helped carry that team. It, it was just all, all around awesome. Yeah, the indelible memory I have of that is a weird one. I remember Mark A uh, with goggles on during the champagne celebration coming storming down the uh, hallway with all the players. It was like, oh, there's the owner. I guess that's what you get to do when you're a billionaire and you own a baseball <laughs> yep. team. You get to like throw on the goggles and go get sprayed with champagne. So, yep. Be one of the ones waiting. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'll get sprayed with champagne someday. Yeah, uh, I have inherited a bunch of gear that's already sticky from previous champagne showers, and uh, I plan on uh, being part of a celebration this year, hopefully. Hopefully I get to be right in the middle of it. Hopefully my head has having beard poured on it, uh, all that fun stuff. So what team do you consider to be the best in Brewers history? And he gave some, this is from Philip Schumacher, he gave us 81, 82, 11, 2018, other. That's that's a good question because there there's a bunch of different ways you can go with it. I mean, like the 79 team was just mm-hmm. very strong and performed exceptionally well. But of course, because it doesn't make the playoff, it just barely misses the playoffs. Uh, it kind of gets lost in the history. Broad, the, the correct answer is 2021. Yeah, 2021. No, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy, right? You had three Cy Young contenders. Uh, you're you're doing it without a true MVP candidate, but you still are having a bunch of fun on the team and like all these guys who weren't even supposed to be on the team necessarily are like having huge contributions. Well, Willie's if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's definitely going to get votes. Yeah, and he might get some some top three type votes, especially because they're just talking on uh, another podcast that I listened to today about how if you look at the NL leaders in war, they're all like out. You saw Tatis, Acuna Jr., like all these guys are out. So, yeah, there's there's kind of a vacuum at the top, though. We talked like a week ago about the fact that it could be one of the the Brewers three, uh, but we didn't mention Zach Wheeler. and We probably should have because Wheeler right now is probably the odds on favorite because he's just having like a crazy insane year. He's finally living up to this that promise. And he was the almost brewer, right? Like he almost was a yep. brewer. So and then there's Gausman, too, who we were mm-hmm. all in making fun of the idea that he got offered the qualifying offer. And now San Francisco is making all of us look like a bunch of idiots. Well, yeah, that whole situation was weird. I mean, he he definitely improved last year and earned that that distinction like it it did make sense sort of for them to do it especially just given the fact that they're you know falling ass backwards into money over there and like have all these contracts coming off the books and unlike the other team that had all the contracts coming off the books they didn't just ship them all out they're actually winning right. baseball games so what a weird weird thing to have happened cuz i did not peg them as being a out competing the other two teams in their division but all right the question i feel like 2011 
is my go-to because of the you have an MVP on the squad, you have three very good pitchers and one good pitcher. You have an elite end of the bullpen in K Rod and Axford. You just have the kind of all around it's all working. Yeah, there's holes in the quality of players on there. You have a Unieski Betancourt, but even they're out playing their usual station and well, and then Uni ended up being one of the better players in the postseason just because that's baseball. Right. Yeah, it's like postseason Orlando Arcia is a, an MVP player. It, mm-hmm. you know, things happen in the postseason. So I think 2011 is is the best. 20, or 1982 is so close because you have two Hall of Famers on it. Well, five but, Hall of Famers now. Oh, yeah, five Hall of Famers because you have uh, Simmons, uh, Fingers, you have uh, Yount, you have Molitor, and then who's the fifth? Don oh, Sutton. Rest oh, in Don peace. Sutton. Uh, yep. But, I mean, I think just because 80s pitching numbers aren't as sexy as they are now, it, it's just harder to put that one up. So, like, you can have a Cy Young year, but only have a 3-5-8 ERA and mm. not a lot of strikeouts so just because of how they use pitchers and the tax that they went through and pitching the amount of games and the length they did it, it was obviously harder to pitch in the same it was impossible to pitch the way they do now each are different equally difficult but for different reasons That's so fair. um but i just think looking at like the pitching numbers obviously no one had like a sub three like really sexy line but you look at what Granky did when he really got established and then followed by Giovanni Gardo and Sean Markham. It, it was just astounding how strong that staff was and with the offense behind them. All right. So back before you were punching a time clock, tailgating or bar shuttle? Uh, tailgating. Tailgating. Okay. That was that, that got a lot of consideration from people, though the bar shuttle was fairly popular. Bar shuttle is nice in its convenience, but you also have to deal with the like if you're going to a really popular game, which I tend to use bar shuttles for like playoffs or opening day or something that's going to be heavily attended. Mm-hmm. You still have to deal with the parking in that situation. So there's always walking regardless. And then generally you got to buy the drink to get in when I could just buy a 12 pack or two of what that drink costs. And then, yeah, the parking costs a ton, but then I have the comfort of being in my car right away after the game and not fighting, shoving through other people trying to get on the same tram. There's, sure. there's a whole trumfort, a comfort in it. Yeah. So did you have a favorite bar shuttle? Dondlinger asked favorite bar shuttle to take to the to the games. I don't know if I had a favorite. It was more like what was the most convenient every time I go. I felt yeah. like... Um, there, there's one the closest to the stadium, and I cannot remember the name of the bar, was the one I'd always end up going to, just because, it again, it's the shortest. But, I mean, I used eight or, to ten bar shuttles back in the day. Sure. Yeah, we, so, would, we would, too. I've, I've probably been on 20 different ones over the years. Yeah. Some many more times than others. My answer to this was whatever one I can walk to. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Like, it's and like wherever it, I get my parking spot, whichever one I'm getting to, they're all going to be the same. Unfortunately, I no longer live within walking distance of uh, a bar shuttle. I used to, and that was great. And now I don't anymore. So I'm not too far away from one, but it, it is a short drive to get there. So changes things up a little bit. All right. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see. Before we get to the really fun questions, uh, a couple of who's the most underrated player in Brewers franchise history? Underrated player in Brewers franchise history. Mm -hmm. That's a doozy because there's a ton of them, really. Like, especially you look at all those teams that were good, but not quite good enough. Or the even the 2000 to 2005 teams, you have players who ended up having great seasons, but end up going nowhere. And then there, there's a lot from the 80s teams who get a little too much love more than they deserve because of the nostalgia factor. Mm -hmm. I feel like Corey Hart was a lot better than people really understood because he had Prince and Ryan Braun. But at the same time, he was beloved. So I don't really know if he fits into that category. Yeah, he won the uh, the fifth or the vote for the extra all-star, whatever, like twice, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, two-time all-star. You could just say Ricky Weeks and move on because that's kind of what everybody. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Weeks. Let's, let's go with the default is no one really understood how good he was, right? Yeah. They never understood that he he... Just because he didn't end up being Braun and he wanted Ricky Weeks to be Braun didn't mean he wasn't good. All right. Favorite random brewer. Oh, favorite random brewer. Yeah. Um, Mine was Mark DeFelice, just to give you a, a kind of an idea of where this this went. Tony Graffinino. Tony. Oh, boo, boo. Because they traded away Jorge De La Rosa to get him. Oh, that's right. But I mean, it's not like Horley De La Rosa became like a world beater. He was like a good third starter at a time when they really needed like good third starters, though. In like so 2009, the, 10, like we could have really used him. The reason, though, I love Tony Graffinino. Brady Clark is also a good one. Oh, Brady Clark. Yeah. All the people were like, he's so slow. You can't have him leading off. Yeah. He's got like a 380 on base percentage. Right. Uh, so. But the reason I like Tony Graffinino is because he's little, my little trivia piece and like, oh, he was manning third base, but he was the like body they forced to play third base so they could let get to Ryan Braun and have that extra year of control. So he was like the body they forced there mm, yes. before Brawny came up. And then they just kind of let it go anyway, so it didn't even end up really mattering. All right. So now we're moving on to the 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 real good stuff here. Okay. Um, The really good stuff. Okay. So... If you were in the sausage race, who would you be? Have you been in the sausage race yet? That that's actually no, they've asked me multiple times, and I'm like, no, I will. Everything will be cleaned up at the end of the line by the time I cross home plate. Do you know how embarrassing <laughs> it is to like be there as like they're announcing the first batter still? <laughs> so you've been offered the chance to run in the sausage race multiple and have, times. And you have turned it down. Oh, oh, so disappointing. I've seen because of how difficult it is to get the appropriate qualified bodies out there, I've seen what happens to the mildly fit running the sausage, sausage race. So what happens when you run the completely unfit might vomit in the suit in the sausage <laughs> race? No, I'm not saying you should do it in, like in the heat of summer. Like not not now, but like. Yeah, I'm talking know. like April 1st. That would be me. Oh, oh. Well, that's that is truly a disappointment. So yeah, you uh, don't even so, get to an you don't get to answer this question then because you had the choice to be in the sausage race and you chose not to. I still have the choice. <laughs> yeah, you, you come back. Offer. You come back to us sometime and let us know if uh, if you actually do it and which sausage you're running as. So I want I want a sausage or I want to run the sausage race in a 
group of equally fit people. Because <laughs> even when I was in shape, I was so sensationally slow. So what you're like, saying is you wouldn't be the uh, um, beating the flash or whatever that guy was in no. Atlanta? No, I was in Atlanta, and that is still incredibly one of my favorite in-between inning things. That's just so entertaining. And they would have to let me get to the right field wall and then unleash the flash. And then when I'm laying there and they have to tip me to my side so I don't choke on my own vomit, then like the flash <laughs> can pass me. All right. So Jesse Gennigan asks, and this is very in line with that uh, that old Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live skit, the super fans thing. Who would you rather fight? One Bernie Brewer-sized Hank the Dog or seven Hank the Dog-sized Bernie Brewers? Oh, Hank the Dog-sized Bernie Brewers. Like, Bernie Brewer doesn't have real teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, like, the, the big Bernie, uh, or the big uh, Hank the Dog would be like a Cujo situation. Yeah, and it's then, like one bite to the head and I'm dead. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then we started riffing on, you know, the fact that Hank is, in fact, dead, which you don't have to confirm or deny. But we talked about the uh, the, the death of Hank and then we, we got into zombie dogs. So, so that's there, there's a dark world you can get into in this fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, apparently there is. All right. So uh, the uh, the last question in here is, uh, do you or have you ever owned a pair of Crocs? Oh, no, ew, no, no. Oh, okay. So now you're going to just insult me like that. Oh, of course you're one of the people who's owned a pair of Crocs. They're comfortable. (laughs) Not only do I own one, I literally have a pair on my feet as we're doing this right now. You know, you know, there's other comfortable shoes that don't make you look like a D bag, right? (laughs) So, okay. So I don't generally wear, I do own a pair of the Croc classics. I already talked about this on the record. They've all heard this. But yeah, I did actually at one point own a Brewer's pair of Crocs, but those were the uh, the, um, the flip-flop sandal version, which um, I wore through that in like seven years, got a new pair, and I've almost worn through the replacement pair now in like six years. So got that going for me, which is nice. You should be embarrassed of yourself. Yes. So anyway, <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on and doing this, and thank you to whoever you uh, had to get permission from to do this. Uh, we do appreciate it. And I think our listeners will, uh, will appreciate it as well. So um, good to see you and uh, bring home a world series trophy for all of us, please. Dude, how surreal would it be for me to get a ring of my home team in the first year working with them? Like, so you will get a ring. I guess you you're on the, hypothetically. that's what most sports teams do is they give their staff. I think it's rings, but you pay the tax or something like that. Okay. Nothing has ever been disseminated to us, but hypothetically, that's what most sports teams do. Sweet. So I definitely, yeah, I get to see that thing. If, uh, oh, yeah. if in You're fact you win it, yeah. you get to hold it. Yeah. Yes. For sure. I'm, I'm going to host like MKE brewery. Like you come up and you get to hold the social media guys ring. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to have people kiss it. Kiss the yeah. social media rig. <laughs> this was me. <laughs> All right. This team's something else, man. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you. And thank you to all the listeners for sticking to the end of this. Now, I think probably well over to our podcast. So, all right. Thank you. As in Arizona, we have our own studio.
have a gummy bear, a shawl, and maze. It was heaven that in 68 the A's came along. Captain Sal, Reggie, Joe, Rudy, and Riley have two teams to love was out of sight. We got something from Ted Johnson that I want to read to you guys. He just sent it. It popped up on my iPad like as we were finishing. Uh, Long and somewhat alcohol-induced post. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I've been listening for a long time. I miss Stephen Breen, but I love Paul. Obviously, he's my man crush and Radcliffe on the other (laughs) podcast. (laughs) All the aforementioned, don't worry, I love you too, top. (laughs) (laughs) 
have had some type of journalism in their past. It may be baseball prospectus among other avenues. I guess my main question is, when did you all become involved in sports journalism? Uh, what outlets have you written and reported for? How is BrewerFan.net still alive? <laughs> You're a random shade on BrewerFan. <laughs> like, it's very random. And can we get a Patreon level that will allow me to listen to Stephen Breen shit on RT again, like in the old days, even though I agreed with RT the whole time? <laughs> I didn't read that before. Much love, guys. Thank you for all that you do. Cheers and much love. That's uh, three much loves in there. <laughs> ah, so very much drunk. love. Very drunk. Wait, are we still are we still recording? Oh, yeah, it's still recorded. Know. I turn right. mine off because I have to go to bed soon. So. No, that's that's fine. Uh, I'm just, that's uh, great. Just, I love that. I'm just not, oh, not going to say anything that might might be recorded. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 